0: The Arwen Lewis Show is brought to you by OMAD Records. Find out more at omadrecords.com.
1: As part of the Jeremiah Show, it's the Arwen Lewis Show. Arwen Lewis is a singer, a songwriter, and a guitarist. She inhabits our blue planet, but her beliefs belong in the celestial realm. As the daughter of Peter Lewis, a founding member of rock and roll cult icons Moby Grape, and the granddaughter of Oscar winning actress Loretta Young, she's been part of the creative of cosmos all of her life. She's a slice of sonic heaven, poised to enter your heart, mind, and soul. She's an artist, producer, and writer, and she's your radio host.
0: Round everybody, this is Arwen Lewis and you're listening to The Arwen Lewis Show. My show is under the Jeremiah Show platform, and I feature established, upcoming, and independent and signed musical artists um, who've had vast careers in the music business and who are just getting started. Today, I have a music business, music icon, Don Stevenson. Um, He's a very established musician, uh, currently working on some solo projects, and um, most of you may know him from the San Francisco cult icons, Moby Grape. Um, I'm going to read you a beautiful biography about Dawn, and then we're going to get started with the interview. Hi, Don. Thanks for coming on.
2: Oh, nice to be here with you, Erin.
0: G- it's great to have you here. So I'm just going to read this biography, and then we'll get started. Um, okay. We're featuring... I, I, it
2: took me a long time to write that, by the way.
0: Oh. Well, it's very impressive. <laughs> Um. Uh, so we're going to be featuring songs, so everybody knows from Don's uh, recent album called Lim- "Limited Engagement Volume One" today, and we're going to feature his track "Thank You Lord" in its entirety at the end of the show. So stick around and uh, hear that at the end of the show. And so about Don Stevenson. After years of playing a circuit of R&B clubs and events and speakeasies in the Pacific Northwest, Don Stevenson trekked down to the Bay Area in the summer of 1965. He'd recently joined the Frantics. The following summer, he co-founded the iconic San Francisco band Moby Grape. Playing ballrooms like the Fillmore and Avalon, the grape instantly became the darlings of the Bay Area and the object of a massive bidding war. In the early weeks of 67, the five-some shuffled between San Francisco and Los Angeles with record company executives from Columbia, Atlantic, and Elektra elbowing each other out of the way with contracts and pens in hand. Signing with Columbia, Moby Grape recorded their debut in a handful of sessions in the spring of 1967. The album came out a few days after Pepper, and a couple of weeks later, the Grape played a killer set at the Monterey Pop Festival. As a songwriting, singing drummer, Don Stevenson was a trailblazer, opening the door for uh, the likes of Levon Helm and Don Henley. Moby Grape's self-titled LP isn't just one of the best debuts in history, it's one of the best albums ever cut. It's now over half a century, in those heady days. And today, Stevenson is putting out his third solo album, Limited Engagement Volume One, produced by Jamie Collins on Sound Sweet Music, and featuring such talent as Tim, um, excuse me, Tim v- from the Burton Cummings Band, Dane Clark of John Mellencamp, and Dale Ackerman of the Doobie Brothers. And the album includes 11 stellar tracks, tapping into all the genres Moby Grape explored so many years ago. With another dozen tracks in the can, Stevenson's next album is right around the corner, and he's looking into the past, present, and future all at once. At 82, Don Stevenson has every bit as much energy as those two generations younger, and you'll witness this when his band hits the stage at Massey Hall. Having shared the bill with the likes of Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Steve Miller, The Birds, B.B. King, Buddy Guy, Sly Stone, and a host of others, Don Stevenson is no stranger to event concerts like Chest Fever. Prepare to be bowled over by a seasoned icon. Thank you for um, coming on the show, Don. This is so amazing. <clears throat>
2: Thank you, Aaron. And uh, it's just, uh, it's nice to be able to speak with you. And as you know very well that your father and I are dear friends and um, both uh, originators of the band Moby Grape. And he's one of my, seriously, one of my favorite songwriters in the world. So and you're off to a great start in your career and I'm impressed by your ambition and by your motivation. And I think you're on your way to great things.
0: Thank you so much, Don, And I mean, I know that I'll say the same for you as you being one of my favorite songwriters and also my dad will say the same too. And um, he always feels so lucky to have been in that band and creating such magic with all of you for sure. Um, And I have to say, I think it's just beautiful how you continue to evolve as a musician and an artist. Um, And I'd love to spend a good amount of time talking about your new projects and the show you have coming up um, at the historic Massey Hall. Um, But I thought we could start by talking about the beginning of your musical journey and how you evolved into the artist you are today. So um, when did you start to play and what inspired you to start playing music?
2: Well, it's not—it's not, it's not uh, an unusual story. I think. I think I just wanted to uh, belong, you know. And uh, when I first became um, a drummer, I was uh, just asked by a friend of mine at uh, Ed Kleffner, you know, that he—he he was had a band and he had just was him and pat faye to a guitar player and a keyboard player and this is like we're 12 years old or something right i think we're about 12 <laughs> and uh he said you know i've got a i'm playing at saint benedict's you know I, i'm playing at uh at, I, got a, I got a little spot at, at the dance for my band he said do you know a drummer and uh i i said i don't know why i said well i'm, I'm a drummer <laughs> and he said well he said we're going to have some rehearsal <laughs> and uh could you get together so I went to my friend's house Pete Chacos who is actually is a drummer and I borrowed his uh, gold sparkly um set of drums and took him home and practiced for a couple of days and uh and then uh Ed and uh, Pat Faye came down to my house on Interlake and we practiced uh, at 12 or 13 years old and we learned a couple of, uh, a couple of probably three or four songs, you know, that were team beat, you know, like uh, Dwayne Eddy and, you know, some real kind of simple songs, instrumentals. And and we got to play at St. Benedict's. You know, it, 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 to, honestly, it was funny, too, because we were, like, the last thing to happen at that dance, and uh, the priest at St. Benedict's came up and unplugged us after a couple of songs.
0: <laughs> that whole story is so rock and roll. <laughs> 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 I love it. Um, did you end up having, like, a formal music education, or were you? did you end up being self-taught?
2: Um, I think... Uh, from a formal music education is unfortunately. I, I didn't take advantage of the possibility of taking piano lessons, which my dear sainted mother uh, wanted to, wanted me to do, and I tried it, but it was just too. I don't know. It's just too, uh, too consuming and too complicated, and I wasn't interested. It was about the same age too, Mm -hmm. but I would rather go play sports and go run around and hang out and do stuff, you know. So I passed on on uh, formal education, but not too long after that, um, by the time I got into junior high and a little bit older, I I think um, my passion became music. Mm -hmm. I mean, I ate, dread, slept think, thought about. I just didn't think or want anything else in my life other than music. That's all I was interested in, uh, of course, except for girls. But other than that,
0: <laughs> they go I, hand in was, hand. <laughs>
2: they do, and that's another good motivation. Of, you know, I was too small to play football or anything. I, although I, for, for my school, I played boys' club. But uh, but the only other way I could think of is to really you know get some uh, you know attention from some of the girls in our school was just to be some sort of a have a differentiator and that was another motivator for music but <laughs> pretty soon music took over and that that the other stuff just kind of happened a little bit but it uh, wasn't my motivation anymore
0: and did you start singing naturally too why did you start singing and um when did you start playing guitar
2: Well, I started singing because um, nobody else in the band sang, and uh, at the time when I was in the Continentals, which was my high school band, Mm -hmm. and I think it's really interesting in the Pacific Northwest. um, There was there was no there was nothing happening um every weekend that didn't have a band i mean it was like it was kind of crazy they used to have things called sock-offs you know and, and high schools would have a friday night dance and a saturday night dance all around the city you know 20 30 high schools would all have dances at the same time and all the all the dances were live music were bands and so you know All most of the bands in Seattle, and there were some really great ones. um, We all played instrumentals. You know, we take kind of like a, it was like a little handoff from the big band era, which was instrumental pretty much, Mm -hmm. into combos. And then there were people like Bill Doggett and some of these these combos that. uh, Played, we played some charts, but we also played a lot of instrumentals that were really funky and fun. And so we learned instrumentals and uh, and learned some of the classics and charts and all of that. But uh, there came a time when all of a sudden we were going to play Splish Splash or Bobby Darren songs or doing some of that. We needed somebody to sing. And I, and I could sing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I became the singing drummer from Seattle.
0: Nice. Yeah. And then opening the doors for Levon Helm and Don Henley. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome, Don and Levon. Yeah, yeah you Don gotcha. Henley, not you. <laughs> Don says, say, yep. you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, and what about writing songs? Did you use that when you started with In the Frantics with Jerry or how did that start?
2: I actually wrote a teenage love song when I was like, 14 okay it was it was really stupid you know? so <laughs> that was the first that was my first song and i i can't believe how stupid it was but <laughs> it was my first but i but i delved into it i tried to write a song and then taught to the band and it didn't go very far <laughs> so the band kind of like rejected it you know i had to go back to the drawing board. but yeah when i you know, after high school. And by the way, the Continentals became funky enough, uh, my high school band, to be playing a lot of gigs at the Birdland. And, uh, you know, and then even after high school, the band kept going to Continentals, and we would play down at the Chitlin Circuit, down at the Black and Tan, where we would play with, you know, Etta James and Etta Jones and Big Mama Thornton and dancers with snakes around their neck and twirling fire Yeah. you know from there you know from it, it, was, it was crazy what it was an like era. so much fun Now <laughs> oh, yeah so we would play six nights a week up at the Roland tavern and pack up our stuff and i uh, head down and i'd head i'd pack up my drums and then go pick up mike mandel who has a b3 Hammond organ player and, and lee parker and we go down to the black and tan and so i would play from you know i, I our gig started at uh, eight or nine we played a one and I'd pack up and go down and play from, you know, from four or from three till five 30 or six. So that was for, you know, for, for maybe a half a year. And that's when we got to play, you know, Jimmy McGriff and George Benson and, you know, just a lot of really wonderfully talented people came through that chilling circuit. And uh, so it was like, just the greatest um, education you could ever imagine. And, after I was playing at the roll-in, when that gig um, kind of ended, that's when I got. Uh, the, I was playing in the Playboys, and that's when uh, the Frantics asked me to come and play with them, and okay. that's when Jerry played with the Frantics. So I went over to Tacoma and played at the Top Hat. It was run by a bunch of gangers, gangsters. <laughs> cool. It was cool. garlic, <in boys> <laughs> <laughs> garlic is, you know, <laughs> There's some good good stuff there. So anyway, yeah, I went over and that's when I met Sherry and played with, played with the uh, Franics.
0: Nice. Um, well, I want to yeah. go back to talking about that and Moby Grape, of course, too, but I thought we could touch a little bit on your new record, um, Limited oh. Engagement, Volume 1. Um, so this is your third solo record, right? And you embarked on a solo career just about 10 years ago. So first you released right. um, Buskin in the Subway and then King of Fools, right? And yep. now your new record. So um, what inspired you to switch gears and evolve this way as a solo artist and the front person?
2: Well, Gordon Stevens was actually who was the violin player, viola player um, on 20 Granite Creek with Moby Grape and had a recording studio in um in san jose great bass player great musician
3: mm-hmm.
2: great uh, zen dude you know really I love wonderful such a oh, great man. oh so he he i i sent down a little cassette i'd done in the basement with a friend of mine with some songs i'd written and this was probably 10 years 11 years ago okay. and he said you know and i had no real um you know idea of recording my an album you know, but I just sent him down. And said you know, I hear some songs. I just you know, anybody that like them or there and he called back. He said, get, "Get down here, man! Get your ass down here! I got a band like in my studio that is like studio musicians that are great." He said, "These songs are great." I go, "What?" You know, so you, we all need somebody that believes in us once in a while, and it doesn't matter if you're just beginning, or if or if you're just beginning again at an a, at a, at a other at a senior age or or if you're in the middle of something it's just when somebody believes in you it picks you up and and gives you the you know kind of like, oh okay i'll do that man so i went there and his generosity flew down and we spent a week together and did uh, king of the fools yep. and so that was you know and then i then i woke up at about 70 years old and realized that i was full of music and still am and because just like you we write our we write our truth whatever the truth is at the time that we're dealing with our lives you know with the with the joy and with the sorrow with the pain with the suffering and with all the things that we deal with um in our art we try to take those things and put them into our art and interestingly enough like i said i woke up at 70 and i was just like up to here with ideas and with music and i went to guitar lessons from a guitar player and vocal lessons from an opera singer and just uh went at it after you know I was just a late bloomer
0: but what and what a cool experience to have and also i mean you already know how to saying you know about rhythm so i'm sure like the drums kind of helps you like with your guitar playing a little bit um but having had such a strong lifetime of experience with this like foundation and like influential and completely exceptional to say the least rock music right like going into learning from an opera singer and learning about guitar like it must have been really fun, you know, for your brain probably, right? Like just like a fun thing to focus on and a very beautiful, yeah. inspirational experience.
2: Well, it was it was really fun. And what was kind of cool is I went down, one of the motivations was uh, go down to California and visit my wife's parents at the time. Um, and they they were big band people. And so I went to a jazz guitar player and learn how to play some of these standards like I can't give you anything but love and you know just I mean all of these songs day by day you know I just those songs so I went down I was able to sing all those songs for my uh, for my for, the, for her parents Aww. and they they loved it and we had a great time this is this day I just went down and saw her mom which was very getting very old but we just sang songs and she doesn't have the greatest memory but when we start to sing all these old songs just like you've heard you know she starts to sing along so so that was part of it and so being able to you know kind of like learn a whole fresh new set of chords and a new way of identifying musical you know uh, notes and chords it kind of opened up uh, you know an avenue to be able to find something to hang the expression of the words that I had in my head and, you know, that I was thinking about experiences I had. So it was really, uh, it was a really, it was a blessing to be able to go through that.
0: Well, now you, now you have that and now you get to create, you know, and you're, 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 you just released your third and then we're going to be hearing a fourth album coming up pretty soon too, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's right. And so, for instance just to take one song from um, the uh, limited engagement volume one uh, thank you Lord which is the featured track um, it's like a southern gospel vibe with the beautiful choir and the sly guitar and the violin um, why you, you know why, why is that the featured track today and um, why the gospel influence for that um, that production
2: well I've kind of been I I've became a Christian in 1972. And so it's, you know, I know that uh, I've kind of like left God a number of times, but I don't think he ever really left me, right? So I was really grateful for that. And that's what the song's about. It's just about my gratitude for being... Um, been able to be stable and be planted by that river, and that the river flows and gives me life, and um, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful that uh, that I have that spirit inside me. You know, it's like those guys who come off from the football field and say, "I want to thank God and for and all and everybody I get to play with." And my mom, and my mom. <laughs> and, and my mom. <laughs> yeah. And so that that's really what I was doing. I was just thanking the Lord. You know, for. Uh, for all the patience he has
0: with me, it's really funny you brought up that point too about like how you said you he never really left you. There is this really beautiful quote that um, my aunt Judy, my dad's sister, she she loved it, and it was like, you know, God, where were you when I needed you the most? Um, I couldn't see your footprints next to me on the sand, he, and it says like you couldn't see my footprints because I was carrying you. So those yeah. were my footprints; they weren't yours. I just I love that thought, and so that's, you just a, that's a great
2: me. thought. That's a um, great
0: thought. Well, anyway, we're just going to uh, run out to break really quickly here on that note. <laughs> and um, everybody, if you're just tuning in, my very, very special guest is Mr. Don Stevenson, a songwriter, guitarist, drummer, singing drummer from the rock and roll cult heroes Moby Grape, um, from the band The Frantics and many more great, awesome rock and roll projects. And um, we're just getting started on the interview and we're going to take you out to break with his song, A City of... God from his uh, recent album, Limited Engagement, Volume 1, and bring you back in with Chicken Steak. So please enjoy, and we'll be right back.
3: My adventure is blocked by some crazy. Day, you know, there's no blackout day. You've been born in her, and there's no need to wait.
0: The OMAD Records featured artist on The Arwen Lewis Show is John De Nicola. Find out more at OMADRecords.com years of writing and producing different artists, Academy Award-winning songwriter of Time of My Life and Hungry Eyes, John Nicola made his first album as an artist in 2019. Fast forward very fast to now. For the release of its follow-up, She Said, and while DiNicola's debut, The Why Because, had him interpreting tunes he'd originally penned for others, She Said was conceived and created for one voice, one touch, and one heart, his own.
3: One, two, three, Get up in the morning when I can Go to the kitchen and i grab a pan Throw in some butter now, make no mistake I'm gonna cook me up some pan-fried chicken steak Roll out pan-fried chicken steak Make no mistake, I'm gonna cook me up some pan-fried chicken steak Lunchtime rolls around mid-afternoon I pick up my guitar and I ride myself a tune Put my guitar down, thought I'd take a break Went to the kitchen cooking up some pan-fried chicken steak Yeah, 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 pan-fried chicken steak now, make no mistake. I'm gonna cook me up some pan-fried chicken stick.
0: Hello, everybody. This is Arwen Lewis, and you're listening to The Arwen Lewis Show. Today, my very, very special guest is Mr. Don Stevenson. Don is a songwriter, recording artist, uh, founder of the rock and roll band Moby Grape, and we're going to get to talk plenty about that today, too. Um, And we're finishing up talking about his amazing new release. Uh, It's his third solo album, Limited Engagement, Volume 1, and Volume 2 is on the way, so stay tuned to find out more about when that will be released. Um, For now, though, Don, I just wanted to ask, so did you write the song specifically on this uh, Limited Engagement Volume 1 for the record, and who produced it, and who played on it? Um, I wrote all the songs, um, except
2: for Shine, and uh, Shine was written by Dale Ackerman from the Doobie Brothers. Mm -hmm. It's a really great song, and the reason I sang it is because it was just like nothing I've ever... never even imagined singing that kind of a song before so um so that was the one song i I didn't i didn't write um the rest of them yeah the rest of them i wrote uh and they were produced this is kind of an interesting thing i would record them in toronto um, at timbo vacati's studio guitar player on, on a lot of it. Great, great musician, great guy. Um, and we would record them and then we would send them off, send the files off to Jerusalem. Oh, right. Um, I have my friend Norm Evans, who was a, a, kind of the second guy who just who believed in me. <laughs> you know, great interestingly man. enough, he just said, look, man, I'm going to, I got these guys in Jerusalem that have a production company they're kind of like the you know Beatles Martin these guys are that these guys have all kinds of a thousand songs in their catalog and have all kinds of wonderful studio equipment and great musician Jimmy Clark is so we we would record it in uh, Toronto and then send it off to Jerusalem and then they would add like choral voices and other things and send it back and I'd go back in and add more vocals so it was this collaborative effort uh, between myself and Sound Suite uh, records, you know, and their production. So it was a really uh, an interesting, an interesting way to to get this record finished.
0: Well, and it's really what I really noticed too is yeah, there was like gospel arrangements, choral arrangements, and then also there were those Moby Grape harmonies nuanced in there too, which I really loved. Um, that was kind of my impression as far as the background vocals go. Um, is that right to you or?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think there's I think there's a lot of songs on this album that if if I would have been able to bring them to Peter and Jerry and Bob and Skip, that we could have done something really fun with them. Yeah. Because there's a lot of that Moby Grape influence that just never left my core, and including not being limited to any one particular genre of music. I mean, there's a song on here called "Separation" that's nothing but a guitar and and just song about you know it. It's just you know like getting in bed, putting the blankets over your head, and not coming out for five days. You know, that, that I know can
0: happen. That <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, but I'm just saying, and then it goes mm-hmm. all the way to a choral, you know, a, a men's choral background with all kinds of uh, wonderful, you know, effects. So, yeah. and then just country and a little jazz and a little rock and roll and, you know, blues. And so it's, yeah, I think that if I... Would have I would have loved to been able to uh, bring some of these to uh, my brothers and in the, in the grape, and uh, we we could have had a lot of fun with them. Some of all, a lot of them are still there, and my influence in harmonies and in music and, and the sound I like to hear still comes from that. You know, only it's what how it is for me now, but it, it that's the base of it all.
0: Well what's cool about all of you too is that you've has Jerry Jerry's got to release some solo stuff too, hasn't he? Or no? Jerry's like got yeah, he's got
2: four or five singles that uh, he's done.
0: Yeah, and then I know like right Bob, I mean, you, it, my dad and Skippy of course uh, with Or, like you've it's cool to hear all of your separate projects you know and then like compare them and hear how you've influenced each other too you know i just and you know i think that's a really interesting thing to think about you know if you're like a big fan or somebody who knows all about the band like me (laughs)
2: Uh, well you know what was what was really cool about the band um one of the things that i just missed dearly. It's like when we had our audition together, we actually blew each other's minds. Yeah. You know, we went up to, Jerry and I went up to San Francisco and Peter and Skip and Bob were already there with uh, Matthew Cates, mm-hmm. uh, who had uh, brought Skip over from the plane, airplane. And we just sat down and played together and it was just amazing we'd never met each other and when we played jerry and i didn't wonder if we got the audition and we we knew we had the audition we left that place just filled with like it was just like wow that was so cool and so then when we started to rehearse um it was like we were all trying to impress each other Mm -hmm. because you know peter your dad does this finger picking stuff that is just complicated not many people can do (laughs)
0: sounds like him
2: (laughs) yeah not like him Uh, still to this day the intro to 805 my friends when I play it they have to find an alternate way of playing it oh yeah they can't play it exactly (laughs) the same way your dad did so and then Mosley was like you know just this great blues singer and this just powerful and you know and then skip was just like mystical and you know would move in and out and have these great songs that he wrote and uh you know jerry is like he, he's the boss man if, if john wayne could play guitar he'd want to play just like jerry right? <laughs> and then and i come from the background of you know of uh lots of experience and being a seasoned drummer even at that relatively young age so what what i missed dearly but what we had was when we would come together there was no there was no leader not when we were learning. Yeah, we would just come. To, somebody would bring in something, and then somebody else would add this, and then, and we were all trying to impress each other because yeah. we thought he, we thought the other people were so awesome, you know, in, in their in their talents, and so we were able to build that first album just out of this cooperative spirit of uh, of you know of just being so cool to be with each other and hanging out and yeah. digging what we were doing you know so that so that is you know like i said that's an influence that never really leaves you you know and i still to this day if i'm with some other musicians that's the same kind of cooperative spirit i i i'll have to i have to live in that world or i or i can't don't i don't want somebody telling me what to play or what to sing i i bring people because i want to hear what they have to say
0: It's a conversation right
2: it's a conversation
0: um but i did want to ask what was it like playing drums with bob mosley as your bass player (laughs) amazing yeah it was like
2: yeah yeah (laughs) it was pretty cool (laughs) something grumpy
0: i just don't think yeah i don't think you can compare him to anybody
2: no, no, he's powerful. So you know, I just uh, had to kind. Of, I, I won't, it, it, We actually locked in. Yeah. We locked in together. Yeah. You know, it was like that's the rhythm section, and we, we, we really listened to each other and uh, locked, locked in tight. And I, I, I love playing with him, man. It was just like solid as a rock.
0: I've I seriously I, I guess we saw him in Santa Cruz it must have been 10 years ago what was that Don Quixote's that venue where like they would all play up there yeah yeah I went there and I remember I saw Bob and I gave him a hug and it was literally like hugging a rock stone statue like and he's like 75 like it was right. there's nothing now no, never no. meet anybody like him but what was so no. cool about all these is that you all have this different timber and power and melody thing in all of your voices and that was very just complex but it all fit together so perfectly you were the perfect group of five people to make that music and your instruments did it and your voices did it and um i remember sam andrews a widow now elise do you know elise i don't know if you know her
2: i know i knew sam i didn't i hadn't pleasure meeting his wife Elise I is
0: played a, with Sam a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. And he was part of the band at one point. I can't remember. Yeah,
2: when we were up in Seattle, we, Sam would come and join
0: us. And, um, but I remember Elise, she's old family friend, um, and she was like, it was like watching me. My friends and I used to call them the wall of men. <laughs> like all five of you just like <laughs> the great wall of men. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, man um but you, you guys were just yeah you know, there's nothing like it and people who go to their shows or went to your shows um that i run into now if i mention the band or something they're like oh my god i was here and it's always there was somewhere all around the country or somewhere all around europe or something all of these people like i mean you're just you're legends which is awesome uh, um well, I, th- I think
2: we were i think we are more we're. I, I'm not so sure about how legendary we were, but I do think we had influence on other musicians. Yeah. And so I'll I'll take that. You
0: know. What about like? I wanted to ask about your experience, like at the Avalon. Like I remember my dad saying that like everybody wanted to play at the Avalon because the way the sound bounced off of the walls. Do you remember that, or is that like an accurate description? Or do you have some fond memories of some of those shows in San Francisco that you want to share?
2: Well, the Avalon and the Fillmore were 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 the venues that you wanted to play at. My favorite place to play, though, was the Ark. So uh-huh. that was just my my place. Where before we were. Known by anybody, you know, then people would just come over to the after hours, and we would be there with janice Joplin and with Buffalo Springfield and Lee Michaels and and Moby Grape, and so that was. I guess maybe that's because I would, did all those after hour gigs up in Seattle because that gig didn't start till one o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning, and you'd go home after you had breakfast. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so that, that was great. You know, and you have a lot of the, the film work. You know, those were. Wonderful venues, and that was the real—that was what we were all hoping to get to. I, well, I remember most of the dressing room. Yeah, you know, I just—it all it seemed like every band that came and every artist that came, they would sign the walls.
0: How fun! And that was at yeah. both venues, both the Avalon yeah. and the Okay. Up
2: there, yeah, so you'd see some great sayings up there.
0: Is that yeah. where um I know you guys right didn't you name wow because David Crosby popped his head in the door and like looked at you guys and was like wow. <laughs> right. Um was right. that at one of those places I can't remember.
2: Well, I know I know that uh that uh, Bill Graham uh said wow a number of times.
0: Oh yeah. Because the
2: band would always we would, we, we constantly would get him pissed off, you know, <laughs> but he was, he, he was, he was in a state of anger all the time. That's what, you know, he, that's what he was motivated by. But we he even one time he put a, uh, you know, like when you're working at a factory and you come in, you punch a clock in mm-hmm. because we were, because we were late a couple of times. He put a, he gave us punch cards and had <laughs> us punch our cards in before we went up and played. So it was well, not without good humor, you know, so that's funny
0: i mean it's it's rock and roll right
2: it's rock and roll baby
0: um well we're gonna uh okay so we're gonna we have more to talk about in um your awesome show i want to talk a little bit about uh, your show coming up at massey hall too that's a big deal i mean i want to hear about massey Hall because i don't know a lot of the history but i know it's kind of the carnegie hall of canada right
2: yeah it's the albert hall of toronto you know of, of canada cool yeah. It's, yeah so it's a really it, it wasn't even on my bucket list i just woke up and got it offered that's so i'm so excited i'm excited about
0: it yeah well i let's come let's let's talk about that when we come back um from break uh, everybody if you're just tuning in my very very special guest is don stevenson um singer songwriter recording artist uh, singing drummer guitarist um and he's from the legendary cult heroes moby grape out of san francisco and uh, we're going to take you out to break with a new release by don off of his new album limited engagement volume one which you can find at soundsweet records.com and also you can look don up on facebook under don stevenson and we're taking you out to break with his song girl of my dreams and bring you back in with winter is gone we'll be right back Hello everybody, this is Arwen Lewis And you're listening to the Arwen Lewis Show My very special guest is Mr. Don Stevenson, founding Member of the San Francisco Cult Heroes Moby Grape And also uh, Don has had An extensive solo career in the past Ten years, uh, releasing three albums With a fourth on the way Um, We're playing songs today from his most Recent release, Limited Engagement Volume 1, you can find that uh, Album on SoundsweetRecords.com And look Don up under Don Stevenson on Facebook. So Don, welcome back to the show.
2: Well, still here. Good to see you again.
0: Yes, <laughs> and um, or still,
2: are still. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's fun yeah. to be on the on Zoom. One day, you know, maybe we'll be in a studio together with the TV cameras rolling and stuff. That will be fun. <laughs>
2: well, you already you already were on one of my recordings, and I it was really cool. Dog on a ball.
0: I loved singing that song. Thank you for and yeah, thank you for giving me the opportunity um, to do that.
2: Well, he was really, really good on it. So it made, helped make it. That's uh, one of my favorite songs.
0: And that was um, that, that. was on Buskin' in the Subway, right? And then my dad played some right. guitar.
2: Yep, your dad played guitar, and that's just like so. It was appropriate. It, it was perfectly appropriate.
0: Yeah, I felt like we all meshed really well on that track. Yeah. And what about busking in the subway? So, was that your first solo release, or was it King of Fools? That your first King of the Fools was my first one. Okay, and then busking in the subway. Okay, let's. This is a good idea. Let's talk about that, and then move into Massey Hall, and we'll talk about the evolution (laughs) to Massey Hall. Sure, sure. (laughs) So you do actually spend some time busking in the subway, right? How was that experience?
2: Well, when I, I think it's probably about. It was before COVID, mm-hmm. a couple of years before COVID. And I'm sitting in Toronto and I'm going to open mics all the time and playing, you know, because it, playing in public on guitar and singing my songs is not something that I've, I, I, I haven't I done a lot of that. It was pretty fresh you know so i would go to a lot of open mics so i thought well if i was just a you know um beginning what would i do and i thought well i would probably want to go busking in the subway so i found out what people did and so i went to an audition huh. so you had to go to an audition and so along with 300 and some other people we they they Takes sixty four, I think it was. Wow! So along, so I made the cut, and so we did the audition, and and then they, if you make the cut, then you pay three hundred and. 50 bucks or whatever it is. And you have three years of of busking in the subway. So they give you a schedule and you're at one place for three days and at one time slot, and then you move to another one and another one. And so, so for years I've been, uh, I, 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 at that point, I did it like almost like a steady gig. Right. And now I'm down to doing it just like five or six times a month, maybe. But, but it's kind of, it's, it's like, um, I didn't, I wasn't, I'm not getting a lot of gigs, you know, which is, um, too bad, because I love. I got a great group of people I play with, but I've got a gig. I got a city gig. I just pack up my stuff on my dolly and head down the subway, unpack it, plug in my little amp, sit down, and start singing.
0: That is so cool. And I remember I had a, I had a guest on my show as a friend of mine who just plays around locally in solving. And he went. I don't know. Probably I think in the '90s or something, or maybe before that, the '80s. I can't remember. But he had gone to Europe, and I remember he'd say it was a similar thing. Like you didn't have to audition but to busk, you had to like get there early and then you had to know somebody who was going to tell you the spot that was open. You know, it's like it's like yeah. an underground kind of like um, right. scene, right? And I feel like, I think that's so cool that they have it all orchestrated where you are. Um, how do they regulate that? Is it, is it like an organization or how does that work? Yeah, it's
2: a, it's a TTC, it's a okay. transit committee. So they give you a license and then you have to display your license. So if people are down there and they are not licensed and uh you know people whatever enforcement comes along and says you know hey look you know you need to be have a license to be able to play down here okay so um i mean it's not strict but if i go someplace and somebody's at my place and they're not licensed i can say hey you know i love what you're doing but you have to leave
0: yeah <laughs> you don't have to go that's, home but you can't stay here
2: uh, <laughs> yeah that's right that's, that was that's right yeah don't got to go home but you gotta get out of here <laughs> so yeah so i would uh you know i would just like say i paid my trainer and 50 yeah. bucks passed the test and i get to do this yeah. burton cummings came in uh up to you know burton cummings uh, remind me i don't do i know he was with me. uh he, he he's he was with um gosh now i forget well, i'm having a total brain fart anyway burton cummings is like a famous canadian musician
0: okay i know um, the name yeah
2: yeah and so he came up and played he played with me on uh, busking in the subway played keyboards and okay. and sang you know so um so it, that was really a cool a cool thing for him to do you know nice matter of fact we were going to do a spontaneous pop-up thing in the subway but uh, ttc wouldn't allow it no oh. Just randy bachman and You know Bachman Turner Overdrive. Randy Bachman and Burton Cummings are really famous uh, Canadian. They wrote "American Woman" and you know a lot of those songs. Those are really very—they're big up here legends.
0: Oh yeah, I mean iconic songs, totally. Yeah. Um, Well, and iconic. Speaking of iconic, Massey Hall. um, Let's talk about that. So let's talk about your upcoming show there, and can you tell us a little bit about the history of Massey Hall?
2: Well, Massey Hall, like I guess you all I, all I have to say is that three days ago Dylan played there.
0: Yeah, okay. You know, was,
2: <laughs> you know, so everybody that comes through Toronto that, you know, Billy Joel or whoever it is, um, if they're not playing the Coliseum, they're playing Massey Hall. And and it's a it's a very prestigious um, venue. It holds, you know, like three thousand people. Um and it's just beautiful. Acoustics are couldn't be any better. It has been an iconic venue for, you know, for 50 years, 60 years. So it's been a place where everybody has played. And so, you know, but you don't, you don't get on at Massey Hall, you know. So, but this group that has been, they're kind of the official group um, with the blessing of the band and whoever was running that, whoever's managing that, uh, you know, their catalog. Um, With that, uh, with their official blessings, that this group from San Diego, chest Fever, is, is the official band that covers the, uh, you know the, the the, uh, the band, you know the
0: yeah
2: Martin Scorsese's documentary. So they do the exact duplicate of that complete documentary on stage ah. and they do it flawlessly and so they asked myself and a number of other local musicians to come in so i'm going to be playing on three or four of the dylan songs you know with uh a with local guy jerry ledger so that's nice. really um it's going to be great to be able to stand up during that stage like i said i i, I never thought I'd, I'd get on on uh on massey hall stage but i'm really happy i get to it's cool
0: I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm very happy for you. <laughs> Thanks.
2: And very appropriate. I'm am doing one with Jerry, who's like, you know, he's a young guy, and, and who I I have him on on my volume two of this album. Um, but we're one of the songs we're doing together is "Forever Young." Nice. That's really yeah. It's nice. It's cool. really nice. So.
0: Um. And then, uh, can people get tickets for this show anywhere, or? Just go to Mass,
2: the yeah, Massey Hall website. Yeah, yeah, go to the website, or go to uh, Chess Fever's website, or the Massey Hall website, or you know, or if you want to get gouged, go to Ticketmaster. It depends upon. Yeah what you'd like
0: yeah <laughs> pick your poison <laughs> awesome well we're going to run out to break again really quickly here um, everybody my special guest is Don Stevenson um, you can find out more about his uh, most recent release limited engagement volume one and all of his solo stuff on Suite Records um, and look him up on Facebook on uh, under Don Stevenson and we're taking you out to break with his song M and bringing you back in with shine from limited engagement volume one and we'll be right back
3: she wakes up in a room where she used to find trappings of a love that she left behind knowing that love would be new knowing that true love would be true
2: She said goodbye to the stars. Yeah, this is Don. Steven- Hi, this is Don Stevenson. Happy to be here with Erwin. You know, I'm just uh, letting her know and letting all the uh, audience know that I have a brand new album coming out. It's called Limited Engagement, and uh, it's going to be Volume 1 and Volume 2. Actually, the songs are all recorded. It's all ready to go. It will be packaged and ready for your listen- listening pleasure. But you just have to email me. So Don Stevenson one, 1000 at gmail.com. If you email me, I'll mail you a copy. And well, that's, you know, I, I'm not even going to charge you anything. You want to pay something, I'd appreciate it. I'd go from there. Anyway, you're listening to the Erwin Lewis Show, and I'm thrilled to be here with uh, the daughter of my dear friend, Peter.
0: The OMAD Records featured artist on the Arwin Lewis Show is Peter Lewis. Find out more at omadrecords.com.
2: I say
3: we are all trying to find some connection between what goes on in our own minds and what happens in the world around us. You know, there will always be good and bad in both places. But my belief is that as long as love and not fear is that connection, there will always be hope for that better day of coming. And that's what I'd like people to get off imagination. (laughs)
4: I'm not the
3: only
0: this is Arvin Lewis, and you're listening to The Arvin Lewis Show, and today my very special guest is songwriter, recording artist, singing drummer and guitarist, Mr. Don Stevenson. Some of you probably know him best from the iconic rock and roll psychedelic heroes Moby Grape, and we're playing songs today from his album, Limited Engagement, Volume 1, and then uh, we're going to talk about your song in a lot of ways, right, Don? You want to tell us a little yeah, bit about that? that?
2: Um, whereas thank you, Lord, is just kind of an expression of my priorities or faith and family and, but, um, in a lot of ways, it's like everything is kind of so people are in their own echo chamber. And I'm not telling anybody anything new. So don't get me wrong. I'm not, this is not a great revelation. But I do believe that there has to be kind of a centrist movement. There has to be, you can't, you can hate Donald Trump, but you can't hate the people that vote for him. Mm-hmm. Because they, cause they're 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 the same as you and I in so many ways, and I can't you can't hate the people that you know are going to cancel or have their beliefs that aren't in line with what you believe, just because you know because that that's what they think because they think that and believe that as strong as whatever it is that you believe, so. It, in a lot of ways it's kind of a centrist song it just it just confirms how many things that we actually have in common Mm -hmm. and there's just places where we need to get together to be able to communicate because if we don't one the main objection of both sides is to keep the other one quiet either agree with me or Keep quiet or else something bad will happen to you. So that can't be, that can't be the future and the fate of, of a democracy. It can't turn into, you know, into that kind of a world or, or it would know, be living, one side is like living in the Soviet Union. The other side is like living with a dictator. You know, you'd be afraid of what you say. So we need people to come to the middle and to be able to talk and to be able to listen to other people and find ground that we all can agree upon. So.
0: And I think that's a really beautiful message. And I mean, music playing in a band, that's what you do, right? You know, you listen and you talk to each other and you communicate and it's harmony, right? I mean. Yeah, yeah. that's right. um, And so did you, speaking of music again, did you envision yourself ending up, you know, after, you know, when you first started playing music, did you see yourself going on this crazy, amazing ride and keeping up with this your entire life and to have really, made such a um, uh, exceptional contribution to you know the american canadian and you know european songbooks you know like did you see yourself yeah. going this far
2: um you know you just just like everything else you know you just kind of do it as it comes you take it as it comes i actually thought when i retired from the business world that i was you know i was always playing music and always writing you know stuff but i thought i, w- I wanted to going because I have an original love for acting. And I had been in a theater group and you know, and had just I just love theater, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but it just seemed like things fell in black in place for music, and I was like I said at at, an, at a retirement age. All of a sudden, I just had a refreshing in the area, of inspiration, and for music. So I went. I mean, I went to Second City here and took comedy classes and took some acting classes. But it just you know, it's, it's just that was just it's just fun. But music is something that I can't help but want and can't help but do.
0: I mean. Maybe you should join a rock opera. (laughs) That'd be awesome. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Well, I'm so, this went by too fast, but we're out of time. But Don, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been such a treat and an honor to talk about, um, you know, parts of your career and the amazing journey you've had and thank you for sharing your music. Uh, Everybody, once more, my very special guest has been Don Stevenson and you can find out uh, more about him and his music at soundsweetrecords.com and we're taking you out of the show with his uh the featured song um his song thank you lord we talked about that in the beginning so if you're listening to the podcast you can rewind and hear about that if you didn't catch it already and that's from his album limited engagement volume one and don thank you so much it's been such a pleasure
2: everyone i can't tell you how happy i am to be able to spend some time with you i am i will always be in your balcony cheering you on i think you're a wonderful young woman Mm -hmm. and i wish you nothing but the best
0: thank you and thank you for everything that you've blessed us with with your music for your entirety of your career and good luck at massey hall
2: yeah say hi to your dad for me
0: i will
3: Well, I've been planted by the river, I am waiting on the shore, and I am growing on living Thank you. My master who does the caring, he cuts me back where I need to go, and he lets me do some sharing. Don't press the tree, no Just praise the Lord And thank you, Lord Oh, thank you, Lord Thank you, Lord
0: lewis show is brought to you by omad records featuring artist robert laroche and robert laroche's music is available on omadrecords.com amazon spotify apple music and streaming everywhere go visit omadrecords.com to find robert laroche
1: the arwin lewis show was brought to you by evolve entertainment host and executive producer arwin lewis executive producer Jeremiah D. Higgins. Producer and sound engineer, Richard Dr. D. Dugan. You can find Arwen Lewis and all of her music at arwenlewismusic.com And follow her on Instagram at Arwin Lewis.
4: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football